Hey, beautiful humans. It's time to stop sacrificing for everyone else and put you first. Are you feeling tired, stuck, or disconnected? Or maybe you're just looking to be the best version of you. I'm Mary Wong. And I'm Dr. Tanya Wild, and this is Embrace, Embrace You First, a podcast to help you thrive and not just survive. We are busy moms, successful entrepreneurs, and doctors in the field of natural medicine with over 40 years combined clinical experience. You're going to learn from our professional expertise and our juicy secrets that have helped thousands of men and women just like you. We are going to teach you practical and doable strategies on health, relationships, and career. So sit back, relax, and get ready to embrace you right now. Today's episode, we have an environmental engineer with us. Her name is Emma Roman, and we are super, super excited because basically there are key beefs that people get wrong and we are going to cover it. So part one is going to be talking about how to reduce your toxic load. But then part two, we're going to talk about hormone disruptors that can be like in your rooms, in your home. So uh, before we dive deep, we want to formally introduce you here, Emma, and really we want to Thank you for taking the time out of your day because I know it took something. And in fact, it took something for all three of us to be here. We are working moms and just busy. So thank you for being here, Emma. Thank you for having me. I'm excited for the conversation and uh, grateful for a chance to talk to some grownups because the kids have been home all week. So. <laughs> Yeah. Well, okay. We want to ask you about that, but let's just do a formal introduction because people need to know that you're an environmental engineer, mom of two young children, founder of Green at Home, where you help moms and moms-to-be to reduce toxins at home without overwhelm, a lifestyle overhaul, or spend money and time on stuff that doesn't work. And Emma is a David Suzuki Foundation Queen of Green coach, a guest lecturer at the Canadian College of Naturopathic Medicine, and holds a certificate in environmental health from the University of Arizona. And you can learn more about her at www.greenathome.ca. So again, tell us a little bit. You said you have young kids, right? So tell us what it took for you to get here on the show today. (laughs) <laughs> well, the kids have uh, virtual school this week when we're recording this. These schools in Ontario are shut down. Um, and so they are on their classrooms. And luckily, I've got some parents nearby that can help out. And so it's it's a lot of navigating schedules and just trying to figure it all out. Yeah. So the the reason why I think it's so important to actually tell people this is we're all going through stuff and it's just a matter of perseverance and you know just doing what it takes to show up so I really want to acknowledge you as well as Dr. Tanya and myself for showing up being here to deliver this amazing content today so hi Tanya (laughs) yes yes yeah thank you I think the biggest thing we need to do as parents is just lower our expectations (laughs) and just have none right now (laughs) just as long as they are safe and healthy yes just to keep ourselves sane in our brains so thank you so much for joining us Emma (laughs) really happy to have you here I'm really super passionate um, about trying to you know, lower our toxic load. And um, I think, well, today we're going to talk about how to reduce the toxic load. And 
what are some of the reasons why it's important? Like what are, what are the impacts on health and well-being? Actually, before that, though, can we talk about what sure. the heck is a toxic load? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yes. Let's dive back. Yeah. Dive deep. Go back. Yeah. Yeah. That's where I like to start to make sure that everybody is on the same page um, because there are so many different misconceptions. And like you said off the top, I have a lot of uh, beefs about how this topic gets talked about. So the our toxic load is the total accumulation of toxins or toxics in our body. So I tend to use the word toxins as an umbrella term. I will flat out say that it is the wrong term if you want to be a stickler about words. Toxin technically technically means um, a natural substance that is toxic. Toxics or toxicants are synthetic or man-made substances that are toxic. So Toxics is an awkward word to say and not many people use it. So I will say the word toxins, but know that I am encompassing natural and synthetic um, substances in that word. So our toxic load looks at the total accumulation of toxins. And that includes um, chemical, like physical substances that are toxins, but also stress that's a form of toxin in the body. Um, and sometimes it can include things like our natural hormones that aren't getting cleared out properly. So it's a, it's a big word that impacts our bodies because when we are under toxic load effectively, or um, essentially our detoxification systems are overburdened. And it means that when our detoxification systems can't remove toxins effectively or efficiently, they build up. And if you think of your body like a barrel, there's a little spout at the bottom that can get rid of the toxins as your detoxification system is working. When it's not working fast enough for what's going in, it overflows. And that's where the toxins end up in your bloodstream and in organs where they do not belong. And this is where we start to see health effects down the line. Wow. Yeah, so it can be quite serious think... too. I think, I think, uh, you know, when, especially if you're genetically wired to have a poor detoxification system, what are some examples yeah, definitely... of in the literature that you've seen that kind of um, uh, examples of illnesses, I guess, you don't want to scare people, but I want to make them aware. Um, what are some examples of some illnesses where there is that overburden because of poor detoxification systems? And this is why I think the topic is so important because the impacts are huge. Like it affects everything from reproduction and fertility through to um, infant and childhood development, neurological function, asthma and allergies. Um, it's implicated in... PMS symptoms and hormonal imbalance right through to um, neurological function as an adult, autoimmune disease, cancer. So it's not that any particular uh, toxin or toxicant that gets overloaded is going to cause X, Y, Z. It is such a multifaceted and complex issue, which is why I think it's taken so long to get more uptake than it deserves because it is so complex. It's not a linear 
you're exposed to A and you get Z five years down the line. It's not that simple, unfortunately. Um, Mm -hmm. And to your point with how environment and genetics are linked. So there's the genetic issue of some people can't detoxify as effectively. um, But there is also a lot of diseases that we thought were pretty much a genetic sentence. We're now learning that um, I think the the best phrase is by Dr. Sonia Mather, and she coined that um, genetics loads the gun, environment pulls the trigger. And so you can have like bad genes, but if you are, if they're supported and they're um, you're not overburdened, and there's lots of things at play, then they don't necess- those bad genes don't necessarily get turned on. On the flip side if you are in an environment that is not supportive, then that is when the, your bad genes, quote unquote, um, can cause issues. So there's definitely an interplay there between genetics and environment. And that's the whole thing about epigenetics, right? So do you think, or can you speak to the signs of the times, you know, 50 years ago, are we having more toxins now compared to back then? I think overall, yes, it depends on a lot of things. So, you know, our grandparents, there was a generation where it was okay to smoke and drink during pregnancy. And there was a lot of, um, you know, DDT and different things being sprayed and used that we have learned over time um, isn't the best for health outcomes. However, despite having learned certain lessons, we are now at a stage where we are exposed to so many more different chemicals at any given time that I think our initial body burden when we are born is higher than it used to be. No, I was just going to say that. Can you actually name for us some of, you know, when you say, gosh, it's everywhere. So what are they and where are they? Just even starting from your home. Sure. So some examples that people have probably uh, heard of already are things like BPA and phthalates, which are common ingredients used in various plastics. Phthalates are also used in personal care products, and these are both hormone disruptors. And they end up in our, so with BPA, it ends up in food or drink that's stored in containers that have BPA. Um, And similarly with phthalates, phthalates, they don't bind to the material that they're used in. And so if you've got a soft plastic that has phthalates in it, it easily migrates into the food. Um, And research has shown that people who have a diet that consists of more packaged food have higher concentrations of um, these sorts of ingredients in their body. Um, Our water is a big source of toxins as well that a lot of people don't necessarily think about. In North America, most of us have technically clean water in the sense that it's not going to give us a gastro issue. Um, But because of all of the chemicals that have been used historically over time and currently, our water is contaminated with um, persistent environmental pollutants like um, PFAS chemicals. 
if you haven't seen the movie um, The Devil We Know or Dark Waters, Mark Ruffalo made like a Hollywood version of the documentary The Devil We Know, I encourage you to watch it. Um, it talks about the Teflon story and how it ended up polluting the water for a community near a manufacturing plant. But research has shown that PFAS chemicals are in water all over the place because they are so ubiquitously used. They're used in firefighting foam, um, stain repellents, um, waterproofing sprays, and nonstick cookware. So um, those are some examples of what's in our water. And then even dust. Dust collects everything that kind of degrades out of all of the things in our home. So flame retardants and plastics and um, stuff that you put on your body even ends up shedding into dust. So we're, we're exposed mm. in a lot of different ways, which is very overwhelming. And it almost feels like people should just throw their hands up and forget about it because there's nothing you can do. Um, but right. there are lots of things you can do. So me being okay, a neurotic so then cleaner, I'm being like a neurotic cleaner of my home and trying to like get all the dust out. Maybe that's a good thing. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I was, I was, I was like, <laughs> can I ask you about um, nutrition? What would be like the top three uh, very impactful things that, you know, people listening could do to just kind of lower their, their environmental burden through, through diet? Like through what would food? you say? Like top, yeah. Through food, the top three. Yep. So eating, I mean, it's the same, I'm not a nutritionist, but the same advice that like you would give your patients about eating healthy food, whole foods, um, less packaged food, as I mentioned. I love that. Can mm -hmm. go a long way. Um, mm -hmm. Eating organic has been shown to reduce your body burden, which is a concentration of particular chemicals in your body of pesticides. Um and so it's impossible to eat a hundred percent organic diet in this day and age. Um, so I tend to recommend eating organic where you can, particularly if you do eat meat, um, meat and high fat dairy um, products, organic as much as possible. Also, there's an increasing importance to look at your grains as being organic. Um, there's a practice that has been used um, for spraying pesticides on grains, particularly oats, right before harvest, which is increasing the amount of pesticide in the finished product. I think because this became more common knowledge recently, it's likely going to be shifting, but it is something to be aware of. Um, and then your fruits and veggies, a lot of people look at the environmental working groups dirty dozen as a way to prioritize which um, fruits and veggies you're going to eat organic. And I have a blog post that talks through what that dirty dozen list is. I think a lot of people put a lot of either a lot of weight on that list as being the kind of go-to gold standard, 
And then a lot of people totally debunk it and say it's use useless. So I have a blog post that kind of balances out both of those views so that you can use it most effectively. Oh, that's great. So we'll look Fine. for it. What's the title of that blog post? And then we can actually put it in our show notes. Yeah, I'll send you the link. It's about using oh, awesome. produce washes and the um, EWG Dirty Dozen list to reduce pesticides. Oh, fantastic. Okay, so we want to move on because there's, there's stuff beyond food. And so check out episodes number eight eating for vitality and number six on mindful eating, because we do discuss this already. And um, what I want to ask though, too, you know, we, we do a lot of, we encourage people to do food prepping, but after the food prepping, what are we putting it in? Mm -hmm. Right. So, you know, is storage it safe? Containers, you mean? Yeah. Like in terms of storage containers, like, and we run out of things like a lot of people will have the plastic or Tupperwares, right? And I know it's better to do plastic or surgical grade steel, but I've been caught like with sauces. There's just so much. Then I wait for it to cool and I've been known to actually put it into freezer bags. Like, am I bad? Am I a horrible human being? <laughs> You're not bad or a horrible human being, no. <laughs> Are there other options that might reduce the chance of chemicals leaching in? Yes. Um, but you do what you got to do. I mean, I don't have a plastic-free house. I will say that. Um, I'll be very upfront about that. I think there are... Um, ways that you can use plastic in a safer way. Because, uh, you know, there's a lot of messaging out there that says, if you've got plastic containers, throw them out, get rid of them and use something else. And that contributes to other issues environmentally. Yes. And yes. it's also expensive, right? And so I don't subscribe to the all or nothing kind of approach with plastic. You know, would I prefer people use less single plastic? Absolutely. I freeze things in jars. I collect um, the larger kind of honey glass jars or pasta jars and use those to freeze yes. um, because we have the space for it. If you have an apartment sized freezer, that might not be practical. Um, stasher bags. That's a great are idea. Great. Yeah. I, was, was, I was always worried that the glass containers might rupture in the right? freezer. You just have why. to make sure no. that you leave enough space at the top. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, so, so here's the thing, right? Mm. So thank you, Emma. Like now I feel like, oh, I am a good person <laughs> because I do use the glass containers. But again, good. you know, to be busy, it's like I want to make a giant load of stuff and then just put it away. Right. Yeah. So then I run out of containers. Totally. So that's when I resort to some of these plastic frozen, uh, uh, sorry, the freezer bags. Right. Yeah. But I am using the but glass jars. And something I so simple that I'm not doing. So thank you. <laughs> like, I'm always trying to figure out ways to reduce my plastic load. So that is awesome. We're already at 18 yeah. minutes. We have so much to talk about. So let's wrap this up. <laughs> Episode up and carry on to the next one. So one yeah. of the things that we, we, you know, well, first of all, thank you for sharing all those awesome tips and definitely we'll, you know, add uh, a link to your Instagram so that people can read up more on the pesticide guide or the, the you know, the dirty dozen. Um, and uh, I want to get into in the, to the next episode, you know, cleaners and what stages of life, you know, uh, we are kind of more looking at cleaning up our lives and reducing our toxic burden. But for now, we, we, 
we always ask all of our guests one really important question because we want you as the guest to, to share, um, how do you embrace you first? So what are some of the things like, you know, we're busy moms, we're here, we're showing up and we're giving back as much as we can, but what do you do for you? What do you do to fill up your teacup, um, you know, and in terms of taking care of yourself? Like, let's say like one thing that kind of makes you happy that you did today or this week or. <laughs> um, I worked out right before doing this episode and awesome. um, that is something that has become increasingly helpful for me. Uh, I like to lift weights. So that is something I discovered that I liked to do um, a few years ago. I was surprised at it and um, yeah. Amazing. That's... And does that help the detoxification process? working out? Um, It's something that I'm going to be uh, talking about eventually, but yes, it, especially with lifting and having muscle um, building muscle mass and having Mm -hmm. that regenerative, those regenerative processes happening in the body, it can help with um, hormones and overall system health as well. Awesome. And sweating, right? Yes. Like our largest organ of elimination is sweating. So get your sweat on. Yes. And there are certain toxins that are only eliminated by sweat, by the way. Oh, I would like to know more about that. Maybe we'll start the next episode that way. Thank (laughs) you so much. Did you want to do our, you know, our like, click, subscribe? Yes. (laughs) Okay. So guys, hey, here's the deal, guys. Support us. Hope you liked us. And please go on to Apple Podcasts and give us a five star and comment and then take a screenshot and DM us the screenshot and we will take a person. We'll draw a name at the end of the month. So you'll have a free 30 minute consultation with either Dr. Tanya and I. So can't wait to see you guys in the next round as we continue speaking to Emma. Take care. Thank you for joining us. Click subscribe, like, and share. Please comment and suggest topics you want us to cover. Until next time, ask yourself, how are you going to embrace you first today? For more podcasts, check out embraceyoufirst.com. And follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube.